Welcome to Market Matters, our markets podcast on Making Sense, the hub for J.P. Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In this episode of Market Matters, we'll hear from the market data and positioning intelligence teams within our data assets and alpha group. They'll be talking about key macro, micro, and political themes in the context of our high-frequency trading data and proprietary signals from J.P. Morgan's markets business. Hi, I'm Eloise Goulder. I head the Data Assets and Alpha Group here at JP Morgan. Collectively, we're responsible for JP Morgan's trading data assets and associated insights made available to clients via the three core pillars of our team, market intelligence, data intelligence, and positioning intelligence, plus a number of data sets available via API from our data query platform. We sit within the prime business here at JP Morgan, given our focus on notable trends observed within prime positioning and flows, in addition to other data sources that we analyse. I'm joined today by Krupa Patel, head of our international market intelligence team, focusing on EMEA and Asian markets. Krupa is also the author of many of our data intelligence products, including Signal from the Noise and Through the Retail Lens. In today's podcast, we'll focus on what these signals suggest for the near-term risk-reward for equities, with a particular focus on European and Asian markets, where there are a number of interesting themes currently playing out, including ECB policy, China reopening and Japanese yen weakness. So Krupa, thank you very much for joining us today. Let's kick off with our data signals. I know you rely heavily on them for a guide on market direction. So could you start by giving us a brief introduction to what the signals are and what they're saying right now? Sure. Thanks, Eloise. Um, so there are three market signals I would flag today from our team. First is signal from the noise, a market timing signal for the S&P 500 based on a combination of macro and corporate fundamentals and positioning data. The second is our tactical positioning monitor, a tool that helps assess the magnitude and direction of recent flows and positioning changes across various investor types. And third is through the retail lens, which helps provide a guide on U.S. market direction via retail trading activity and retail sentiment trends based on our QDS research colleague Peng Cheng's proprietary retail predicted trades analysis and our own team's social media sentiment analysis. Now, looking across all three signals for a tactical lens on U.S. market direction, the main takeaway really is neutral right now. Just to go into this in a bit more detail, firstly, our signal from the noise framework is currently suggesting a neutral risk-reward for markets. Now, this framework fell out of bullish territory at the beginning of this year after the US ISM manufacturing data stalled. And prior to that, it had been bullish through most of the post-COVID period since July 2020. Now, for this framework to get more bullish, we either need to see an improvement in that ISM number, um, a significant weakening in the dollar, or an improvement in our positioning signals. Secondly, our tactical positioning monitor is in neutral territory right now, as while positioning and flows 
did get very light about a month ago following significant selling from retail investors, ETFs, hedge funds and others, we have seen some flows and sentiment indicators increase month on month. And finally, our through the retail lens data suggests that while US retail flows appear to have improved in the last couple of weeks after six consecutive weeks of selling, they still remain low, i.e. in the eighth percentile of their one-year history. U.S. retail social media sentiment, similarly, is also down to one-year lows. So putting it all together, I'd say the overall message from our signals for U.S. markets is largely neutral right now and suggests further two-way moves in the market over the near term. On the positive side, markets have the tailwinds of China reopening and continued stimulus and light investor sentiment and positioning versus the longer term across many pockets. On the negative side, however, inflation remains stubbornly elevated across most of the DM world. Central banks are either on or about to embark on their rate hiking cycles, and the global growth trajectory is also obviously slowing from very high levels. So net-net, in line with the message from our signals, I think the choppiness that we've seen in the last month could well continue for another few weeks at least. Thanks, Krupa. It's really helpful to hear how these toolkits can help inform your tactical view. Uh, It's worth noting that our research colleagues maintain a more bullish view over the longer term, but these toolkits are really helpful at navigating this shorter term view. So now, Krupa, if you put your international markets hat on, which is where I know your focus lies, what read across would you say there is currently for European and Asian markets from these US market signals? So given the near-term outlook for U.S. markets may be choppy, the question for global investors, I guess, is do better opportunities lie in Europe and Asia? The answer to that question is yes and no. Now let's start with Europe first, where there's obviously been a lot of focus in recent days due to last week's ECB meeting. Now the ECB was fairly dovish, not delivering an unexpected rate hike, and in line with market expectations, announcing a start date for QE end in early July and signaling liftoff with a 25 bips rate hike in July. Despite this, you saw the SXXP sell off sharply on the day and peripheral spreads widen to levels that were last seen in May 2020. So why did risk sentiment sour on a dovish ECB meeting? because the policy statement effectively raised the bar for a 50 basis points rate hike in September, while also raising the core inflation forecast for 2024. Market expectations for a front-loading of rate hikes went soaring after the meeting, and the prospect of a more aggressive ECB in the second half upset markets. So given that markets and our economists here at JPM are expecting at least 125 basis points of rate hikes from the ECB this year, and this would be happening against a backdrop of growing stagflationary fears for the eurozone economy as the region's inflation continues to hit new highs, I think it's only fair to say that the risk-reward for European equities, at least in the near term, may remain challenged. Also, I'd note that our chief market strategist, Marco Kalanovic, is underweight on Eurozone equities in his global cross-asset allocation framework as well. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Krupa. So it seems that there could be some potential headwinds here in Europe. Following on from that, what's your take on Asian markets? Now, where we see better opportunities for global investors in the non-US markets is actually in Asia currently. Um, China is continuing to stage reopening. 
its monetary fiscal policy remains accommodative, and there are some tentative signs that the worst point of pain for the economy may be behind us as per the recent BMI and export data releases. Uh, yes, MSCI China has already outperformed the S&P 500 and Stock 600 by 28% and 21% respectively from the late April lows. But I think there is further upside in the near term as a continually hawkish Fed, and now ECB too, challenges the outlook for US and European equities further. Also, I'd add relative valuations for Chinese equities versus their DM counterparts remain close to 20-year lows, so it's still not too late to enter. Um, I'd also highlight that our Chinese strategist remains overweight Chinese equities. Now, I know that despite the reopening tailwinds for China, there is still a lot of nervousness out there from investors on the sustainability of any rally in China due to the government's zero-COVID policy and, to a certain extent, geopolitical uncertainty on the China-Taiwan-US front. I understand these fears. And hence, for investors who want to play a slightly more longer-term theme in Asia, I think Japan is a great bet. The yen has hit a new low versus the dollar, breaching 135, the lowest level since 1998, as the gap between an accommodative Bank of Japan and a hawkish Fed continues to widen further. The Nikkei has already outperformed MSCI Acqui by 22% over the last three months in local currency terms, but I think there is further upside potential here, especially if you look to the prospect of the Japanese economy exiting disinflation this year for the first time in decades. Plus, the reopening tailwinds are more definitive here compared to China, and Kishida's policies are market-friendly as they are suggesting a shift in emphasis from redistribution to growth, um, something that has been driving significant overseas interest recently, and you've seen flows from overseas investors rise to the highest level in over two years recently. That's great. Thank you, Krupa. So to summarise, your key views right now, leaning on our team's data and signals, is to be tactically more bullish on both China and Japanese equities versus more cautious on Europe. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. OK, brilliant. Our time is up. Thank you, Krupa, for sharing such valuable insights with us on this podcast. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Finally, if you'd like to explore our team content further or indeed get in touch, please take a look at our website, which you could find at jpmorgan.com slash market data intelligence. There you'll have the opportunity to send us a message via the contact us form. And with that, we'll close. Thank you. If you're enjoying this conversation, you can subscribe as well as our other podcasts to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Follow J.P. Morgan's Making Sense on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. and its affiliates. Together, J.P. Morgan. They are not the product of J.P. Morgan's research department and do not constitute a recommendation, advice, or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. This podcast is intended for institutional and professional investors only and is not intended for retail investor use. It is provided for information purposes only.
Reference products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. J.P. Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures forward slash sales and trading disclaimer.